Chapter 18 of Cross Currents. This recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Chiquito Craster. That first night in the basement home after the Montlawn visit was not an easy one for Maggie. The room was hot and close, and she missed the pretty white bed with its smooth, cool sheets. For some time after Patty and the twins were asleep, she lay and thought. For ten whole days now she had been in that beautiful children's home. Someone, somewhere, had sent three dollars that she might have all that pleasure. All around her now were those who had not been to Montlawn. Men, women, boys and girls who scarcely knew what trees and grass and flowers meant. She could not bring back with her the trees and grass and flowers, to be sure. But she could be a little ray of sunshine herself, so the teacher had said. She could smile and sing, and tell the stories she had heard. And besides, had she not given herself to the dear Jesus to be his little girl, and did not he want her always to be cheerful and happy, and to make others so? The teacher had said that he did. And all alone in the dark, on her corner of the old ragged quilt, Maggie whispered once more her bedtime prayer, before turning over and settling herself for sleep. Breakfast was scanty the next morning. The cooperative household was hardly in running order as yet and there was for breakfast only a little dry bread and mush donated by their neighbor on the other side of the room. The treasured three dollars had been tied to the missionary's doorknob that night before. But even were it not gone, it is doubtful if one of the four children would have consented to its sacred completeness being broken by so sordid a thing as the abstraction of a dime for breakfast. Patty and the twins were just about to fall upon their share of the bread and mush when Maggie raised a warning hand. Shh! "'Have you forgot?' she demanded. "'We didn't sing yet.' "'Sing. "'Do ye reckon we could, here, just us?' cried Patty. "'Sure,' declared Maggie, and she fearlessly started the song. Over across the room Mrs. Whalen stopped scolding, and her husband stopped swearing. Even the children forgot to quarrel over their breakfast, and as the last sweet God is great and God is good died into silence, there was a breathless hush in the room. "'Sure, and it's a sweet song ye're singin', muttered Mrs. Whalen at last. "'Sing it again, kids!' That was but the beginning. Before the week was out, the landlady's children themselves had learned the song, and Grace Before Meat became a regular prelude to every meal in the Whalen home. Nor was this all. There were other songs and hymns that Maggie remembered, and in a wonderfully short time, she had half the children of the neighborhood organized into a chorus that met every night at sunset for a song service. She kept it up, too, until the cold evenings drove her indoors, and then she begged and usually obtained the loan of somebody's room for the meeting. It was not all music and joy, however, for Maggie, Patty, and the twins. The mere matter of living became a serious consideration, for some features of the cooperative housekeeping had to undergo a radical change. For instance, there was no more appropriating to oneself a pie set out a window to cool, or a bottle of milk left too long on a doorstep. The rights of property holders were better understood now than when Maggie purloined the four cookies and two slices of bread from the Montlawn supper table. There were still flowers to be made, errands to be run, and babies to be tended. However, yet the total income of the four children was woefully small, and had it not been for the city missionaries taking matters in hand, no knowing to just what pass things might have come. The city missionary, however, did take matters in hand. The three dollars tied to her door-knob were used for Montlawn. It is true that the four generous givers might not be grieved by its return, 
but far more than its value found its way into the basement room, in the shape of shoes, stockings, and warm little cots and dresses, to say nothing of food. Winter was coming on, and Maggie, Patty, and the twins must go to school, so the missionary said, and the missionary seemed to know, for, sure enough, when winter did come, Maggie, Patty, and the twins did go to school. A new world opened then to Maggie's eyes, a world where one learned all sorts of wonderful things, and where one had a beautiful young lady, with a sweet smile, to say, Good morning, dear, to one every day. End of chapter 18 Read for you by Chiquito Crasto, Birmingham, Alabama